Have you ever heard the phrase, finding your voice? You just need to find your voice, to which you go, I I didn't even know it was lost. And so today, we're going to talk about that, because I had a member of the School of Podcasting, and it was amazing, because she sent me her first episode, I gave her a few notes, and she came back, and it was like night and day. Not that the first one was that bad, just a little stiff, and in a nutshell, I said, What'd you do? What did you do? And in a nutshell, Brenda is finding her voice. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I understand that that whole talking to people might be a little scary. Well, I'm here to tell you, look, I speak all the time to people about podcasting. And this week I agreed to speak someplace and I am now wetting my pants. I'm like, what did I agree to do? And I'll tell you how I'm going to overcome that. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you plan. I help you launch I help you grow. If you've already launched, I will help you grow. And if you want to, you can monetize your show. Keep in mind, you don't have to monetize your show. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And can I tell you, I'm a little jazzed. I mean, I'm always excited to talk to you, but I, I really think this episode has potential because it's based on, like, I don't know, life And so what I want to talk about today is, and I think this applies to anyone, even if you've been podcasting for a while, and it's the phrase finding your voice, because look, let's face it, that is some serious jargon if you're new to podcasting. So what does that mean? So here are some things you can actually do to find your voice, and As with everything, and I mean everything in podcasting, starts with two things. And you have to do this. I don't mean you should. If you want to be successful, keep your brain, not go insane. You got to do this. And that is, why are you doing this? And of course, this could be one of many reasons I want to be seen as an expert. I want to keep my brand in front of people. I want to get the word out. I want to grow my network, et cetera, et cetera. And the other one, of course, is who the heck is this for? And these are things that you, again, you need to do that. And so that's where you start when it comes to finding your voice. Now, something else you might want to consider is who are you? Right? Who are you? Who are these people? Right? What are your core values and what do you stand for? And that sometimes is like, okay, now the thing you have to, and this is where things get tough, don't be afraid to draw a line in the sand. There was a very popular show on Netflix until Kevin Spacey got accused of, of a bunch of stuff that I don't know if he's been actually convicted of anything. But anyway, there was a show called House of Cards. And in the very first episode, Kevin Spacey's character kills a dog. And for dog lovers, you're like, how dare you, right? And But that's why they did that. 
It was drawing a line in the sand because if you can't stomach this horrible act, you are not going to make it through the rest of this series. So you might as well find out who your audience is. So, you know, be you is kind of what we're getting at. And then get confident. The more you know your audience, the more you know your why, the more you know what you're not going to say, right? So the easier it is to move forward. If you know what, look, I'm not talking about this and I know this. So when you kind of clear those out, your voice is actually there the whole time. It's just got a lot of clutter on top of it. And you're nervous. You're nervous. Think back to all the first in your life. Think about it. Our first step was followed by a fall. Our first tricycle, our first bicycle, our first kiss. These are things we just weren't good at when we started. And so you do it again and again and again. I remember, look, I my driveway is a hill. That is not a fun way to learn how to ride a bike. And so I had many a skin knees, but after a while, I'd hop on my bike and go down the hill and off to the races. Why? Because I'd done it so much, I was confident in my ability to ride a bike, not worry about turning right at the end and hitting the driveway, and if no cars were coming, jumping the curb and being crazy, right? You get better as you do things. But the other thing you have to acknowledge, and I'm doing this right now. I am. I have committed myself. I was uh, on a show this week with uh, Jeff C., and he's a big video guy. I interviewed Chris Stone. He's a big video guy. And I was like, I need to learn to script. And I started to, and I hit the uncomfortableness like, oh, I don't know this part. I like Hindenburg. I've been using Camtasia. And I was like, you know what? I just I just need to acknowledge that, yeah, it's called a learning curve. It's learning something new. And that's one of the key points. When you're doing something you haven't done before, that is learning. And so what I normally would do is just go, I'll come back to this later. And we all know how that ends. But instead, when you feel yourself feeling uncomfortable, push through. I've been learning Spanish about five minutes a day. It's a very slow process. But I am noticing now that I can read things and go, oh, that is I work in an office and I'm getting more confident. I'm like, hey, you know what? Before I'd look at that and go, I have no idea what that means. So it's, but there are times when I just want to cheat and go to, you know, ask uh, the woman in the tube from Amazon, like, what is this in Spanish? You know, but no, I'm like, I'm going to push through. And so if you've ever been through any kind of counseling and if you're a person that poo-poos counseling, I'm here to tell you I've done both counseling as a single person and I've done couples counseling. That was a lot of fun. And it is uncomfortable sometimes to kind of peel back the layers to go, ooh, I, I didn't know that was hiding down there. And so you push through those difficult experiences when you're just uncomfortable and at the end of it, you end up better. I mean, look, I dread. I don't know if ever where I've woken up and I'm like, I can't wait to get on a treadmill and sweat and, you know, but I never regret getting off. So acknowledge that, you know what? I'm not going to like this about halfway through. And I'll give you an example. 
Another one, my first degree is, is in electronic engineering. And about halfway through my degree, I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to be an engineer. I wanted to be a technician. And so luckily, you can be a technician if you have an engineering degree. But I kind of went to the council and I'm like, hey, like, um, I don't like this. This, you know, I'm not, when do I get to fix stuff? And they explained to me, again, the big picture, that, oh, yeah, you can be a technician with an engineering degree, which was true. I got a, a job as a copier technician back in the day and uh, was awful at it, by the way. Uh, luckily, I fell into training and, well, you know, where that ended up. So you're always going to feel uncomfortable. And so another thing, and this is an, it's so easy to say and not so easy to believe. And that is not everyone is going to like you and that's okay. And you're like, "Mm, yeah, okay, sure. I believe that. And like this, uh, probably a week or so ago, I got a three-star review uh, on a show called the future of podcasting. I said the words, you ready? Brace yourself. I said, Robert Kennedy Jr. Cause that guy's running for president. And he's, he's very anti-pharma, not so much, you know, anti-vaxxer, but just the pharmaceutical industry. And as someone who was married to a nurse, it's a mess. And I was like, yeah, anybody that can clean up big pharma, that would be awesome. And because I mentioned a politician, yeah, instant three-star review. And I would be lying if I didn't say, oh, come on, right? It kind of bogged me. But I have to be okay that, you know, that person isn't my target audience. That is the name for that person. I know you might want to call them other names, but the actual better name for that person is, oh, not my target audience. Because life is not a popularity contest. Thank God. Unless, of course, you're on a reality TV show. But that is, again, one that's easy to say, but not always easy to live. Because we want to be liked. I get that. I remember once I was probably... I don't know, 17. I was at a party. I was in bands my whole life. And the bass player in my band would wake and bake with his mom just for kicks. And uh, so he he liked the marijuana. And uh, he was floored because it was just natural to him that I had never smoked pot. And for the record, never have. Don't care that you do, but just I figured if I don't start, I don't have to stop. And so he offered me $5, $10, $15, $20 to hit a joint once. I think he eventually went up to 50. And when you're a 17-year-old high school kid, that's some that's some greenage, no pun intended. And it was very uncomfortable. As this was in a kitchen full of friends looking at me to see if I was going to cave or not, and I didn't. I was kind of upset with my friend that he put me into that situation because it was a lot of pressure. But in the end, I was kind of proud of myself. Because, again, you know, you can't please everybody. And I kind of grew up poor. My parents and I did the best we could. I didn't have expensive shoes. My clothes were often ill-fitting, thanks to those lovely unexpected growth spurts. Thanks, Mother Nature. And I just had a mantra when I would be embarrassed, I remember the one year I grew three inches over one summer, like I was growing an inch a month. And I just, to say I had flood pants, you know, 
I was all I was missing was an arc. And I just told people like either like me the way I am or don't like me because it really did let me know who my true friends were. And if I was going to keep my sanity, I had to learn to live with that. Either like me the way I am or don't like me. And that's fine. And look, I'm not immune. Again, I said that three-star review came through and I was like, oh, really? Hmm. But again, there's a name for those people. It's not my target audience. Now I'm reading a book. Actually, I'm listening to a book called The YouTube Formula, How Anyone Can Unlock the Algorithm to Drive Views, Build an Audience, and Grow Revenue. And the author is Daryl Eaves. And I love this. This is like my new bumper sticker, even though it's not my bumper sticker, it's Daryl's. But he said, maybe your goal shouldn't be, and I've adapted this for podcasting, uh, maybe the goal shouldn't be to be the most downloaded show, but instead be the most talked about show. And this is one of the guys behind the show called The Chosen. So it's a Jesus kind of documentary in a way. And uh, so I've tweaked that again, to be podcasting specific. Maybe we shouldn't focus on being the most downloaded show, but the most talked about show. And that show, The Chosen, just got bought by Lionsgate. It's on Amazon. If you want to see a cool, funny Jesus, check it out on Amazon. Sorry, I should have played the uh, Invisible Sky Buddy alert, but uh, you know, I did say the J word, so I probably just lost half the audience. But here's the thing. I was researching... How do you find your voice? What the heck does that mean? And I found a blog on a website called Meaningful Moment by Dan Cumberland. And he said this, and I was like, that's, that's good. That's some good stuff there, Dan. He says, I'm always coming back to this. The most important question to consider when you don't feel like you found your voice is, what are the stories and who are the voices that keep you from speaking? If you don't feel free to speak, and look, many of us don't, there are reasons you feel that way, and those stories need to be told, and the lies within them need to be challenged. He went on to say, you have something to say, and the fact that you don't feel like you do is reason to grieve. He continues, the real work is wondering why you don't like what you already have to say. The real work is letting your voice speak and to let it be good enough. The real work is letting your voice matter more than meeting the needs and expectations of everyone else, whether they are real or perceived. So as a side note here, after finding Dan's website through Google search. I'm now a subscriber to his podcast. So if you've ever wondered, do I need a website for my podcast? Uh, Yeah, because Dan has a new subscriber because of his website. So do I need to have a website for my podcast? Should I write longer show notes only if you want more downloads? All right, end of side note. So I want to introduce you to Brenda, Brenda Moreau. She's amazing. She's a psychologist. And what's great about Brenda is she's unique. She has, a, she has that heart of a servant. She wants to help other psychologists be more efficient 
in their practice. And she's been doing this a long time. She's got all sorts of papers and research that she's done. And so she sent me her first kind of attempt at her first episode. And it was impressive. Some good information there. And we kind of went back and forth on that. And I said, you know, here's this and that. And so she sends me back her second attempt at this episode. And I was like, wait, what, what, what happened here? Cause we went from somebody who in some ways had a little like breathing issue. She had a little Darth Vader thing going on, right? The whole in between when you're getting your thought a, a little loud on the whole, and then saying something else, you, just, you know, those things you do when it's your first time recording a podcast. And I was like, wow, this is so much better. And the first one, again, the content was good. Uh, I, I We went back to her why, and her goal was to help other psychologists. I'm like, where's the call to action for that? Things like that. And so I, you know, I gave her my feedback, and here are uh, some of the things she said to me, and this is with her permission. She said, look, I've hired someone to do the podcast art, and she just sent the final drafts on Friday. That's cool. We are working to get the website up and running. And all that to say that I will likely be scheduling some time with me. And of course, when you're a member of the School of Podcasting, you get unlimited one-on-one consulting. And we're going to work out the final details of launching soon. My guess is within a couple of weeks. So I can't wait till you hear her, especially if you're working in the, the realm of psychology. And she said, but as far as what I did, you know, I'm, I'm not really completely sure, but I was fairly deliberate. And here's what I did. So this is how Brenda is finding her voice. One of my very close friends listened to it. So let's stop there. How many times have I said on this show, you need someone not named mom who will tell you the truth. And Brenda had that. And she said her friend encouraged her to be more myself. Because, she said, I'd been really worried about speaking quickly because I just thought people would be bored or want me to stop speaking quickly. But she instead was like, no, I actually want to hear a whole lot more, is what her friend said. Now, at the same time, Brenda flew out to do some teaching again because, well, she's brilliant. And I was reminded that many of my students enjoy my classes. So when Brenda returned home, she said, I pretended like I was talking to my friends and my students. And this is awesome right here. Instead of some fictitious podcast listener to whom I had to prove myself and realize you don't have to prove yourself. You have done hard things in the past. Your experiences, your mistakes, all the things that make you, you are you. You got nothing to prove. You're just here to share your wisdom, to share your skills, whatever that is, to make people laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. So instead of trying to impress some fictitious podcast listener, she decided to be herself. And she said, and in that way, I slowed it down a lot because I was confident they cared. Why? Because her students. And she kind of was like thinking, you know what? Uh, People seem to like my stuff. So she said, I was confident 
they cared. That was also what my friend said, was stop trying to do broad brushes so fast, but instead go narrow and deep is how she phrased it. And this is one of the beautiful things of podcasting. When you turn on the TV, you know, think of any late night television show. That is a wide, a very wide river that's about an inch deep. So you get out of it like almost nothing besides roll the clip. Podcasting is where you can go an inch wide and a mile deep. And you're going to get that information that you can't get other places. And so when she stopped trying to do kind of broad brushes so fast, she says, this somehow gave me the freedom to say all the things I think about as a therapist, which turns out is a lot. So here again, Brenda has something to say. And she's like, you know what? I should share this. And she says it was humbling. Again, people going, I, I want to hear more. It was humbling because I again realized how unique. And what's interesting here is Brenda puts in parentheses, weird I am. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Let's read that again. It was humbling because I again realized how weird I am. I'm going to take out the word unique. But that's the key. Unique. Let's, first of all, you're not weird. You, you're different. Different does not, it doesn't mean bad. Unique means, wow, you're not going to be like everybody else. And I consider myself weird because I will occasionally break into a really bad English accent or imitate people or just, I don't know, I like to try to make people laugh. I know I'm, I'm all over the place at times, and you're either going to hate that or you're going to go, oh, this is fun. What's going to happen next? And again, you're either going to like me or you're not, but this is who I am. And so if you think yourself as weird because you're unique, weird is a good thing. Weird is entertaining. Weird is not like everybody else. When you think about the news at night, there are at least six channels that are covering whatever happened that day. And when you come in with a unique slant, it stands out. One of the things, and here we go, I'm going to say two words that's going to make people tune out. Bear with me. I'm just making a point. All right, easy. Are we ready? We strapped in. One of the reasons Joe Rogan is popular is because I just listened to Joe Rogan uh, because I saw this on a YouTube short talking with Jim Gaffigan. And Joe was saying some really, you know, let's use the word weird, interesting, unique things about January 6th. And the comedian Jim Gaffigan was like, wait, what? Because I'm pretty sure this and that. And it, it was two different opinions and they were sharing them. Now, back in the day, they used to call this a dialogue and they were having a dialogue in the wild. It was like seeing a unicorn. And I was like, yeah. That doesn't happen too often, and I, that might be one of the reasons why Joe Rogan is popular, is he's doing something that you can't see other places. And so, again, weird, and, and Brenda, for the record, I'm not saying you're weird. You are, and I'm here to tell you, quit calling yourself weird. Unique is a better description for that. And so... She says, as the more I send this out to my therapist friends, 
the more I learn that this is not something most therapists think about as they work, which again, makes it unique. You know, when you can get people to see things that they don't normally see, that's called learning. That's called information you can't get other places. She says, it emboldened me to just start talking about all the ways I try to do great therapy. And, and I love this phrase, I really enjoy what I do. There's that passion. There's that passion. There's the heart of a servant. So I'm leaning into that more. I love that. Look, I really love to do this stuff. And I might be unique, but I'm going to lean into it because nobody is telling me to stop doing this, right? Uh, In the episode, and you can't hear this yet because she's still working on it, but she actually talked about her dogs, which she kind of did in the first version, but not a lot. And her friend said, you know what? You keep calling them my dogs. She said, you should introduce them to the audience. And so she did. She she names them. And what's really cool, I'm not going to spoil this, but there are things that she did in great storytelling fashion that towards the end, there's a little bit like, but wait, there's more. And you go, wait, what? It's awesome. I will definitely let you know when her show goes live. Then Brenda continues, you also said something that stuck me in the last feedback round. Now, every Friday at the School of Podcasting, it's kind of a group coaching session, and it's called Lunch with Dave. It's for like yeah, half hour, 45 minutes. And she came in, and I had said that the the tone she was using in her podcast was kind of NPR-esque, right? The, the serious Brenda. Here we are today talking about psychology and such. And I said, I, I just found it interesting because when I talk to Brenda, she's kind of fun and bubbly and, you know, uh, jokes a little bit here and there. And I was like, it was just kind of, again, not wrong. It's just different. And I just thought, well, maybe that's what she's going for. She wants to be seen as a, a serious psychologist. And so the problem was, that's not Brenda. The NPR Brenda is not Brenda. And I'm here to tell you, when you try to be something that is not yourself, it is hard to not be yourself because nobody is better at being you than you. So this is one where you want to take the easy way out and be you. And so Brenda said, I'm not really sure what the clear answer is to what I did, but I finally, she says, heard all the things being said. And instead of hearing them, And that's a key thing here, right? This is an interpretation because sometimes we get feedback from other people and it might be actual positive, but our brain and our, the way we grew up and our background is some sort of weird filter that turns that into a negative. So Brenda continued on. She said, I'm not sure this is a clear answer to what I did, but I finally kind of heard all those things being said. And, And instead of hearing them as they want me to stop talking, because again, we could take the most positive statement and somehow steer it negative. So instead of hearing them as they want me to stop talking, it clicked that instead, what it is, is they want to hear me start talking and being myself. And this was hugely relieving. And I guess that came through. She said, you also made a comment too about 
the teaching part because she did a thing where she would stop and say, hey, before we move on, let's make sure we understand what I'm talking about. And so she said, yeah, that was reinforced after my weekend of teaching because she teaches at a place and for like 10 hours a day. Again, this is someone who's very passionate about her subject. And so she said, I always start with, you know, start with an agenda and you end with the agenda. You know, this is what you can expect today. And then this is what we did today. You know, the old tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. That is kind of teaching one-on-one. And so when you do that to reinforce things, she says, and, and since I got more lengthy in these descriptions, I started doing it in the podcast too, which is what? Being yourself. She's got a teaching background. So that teaching kind of gene or characteristic is going to come out in her podcast. She says, I'm glad to hear that it worked. And so Brenda has been recording episodes. Some she is keeping, some she's not. Again, authors have rough drafts. So don't feel like you've wasted your time. You know, how did you get more confident in riding a bike? You did it again and again. Now, occasionally, again, you would get the scraped knee. We get that. But have you ever drived, drived? I think I just made up a word. Have you ever driven a stick shift? I know today almost all cars I see are automatic, but I grew up learning how to drive a stick shift. And when you first start that, you're just grinding gears. And then if you, heaven help you, if you stop at a stoplight on a hill, because you've got to put in the clutch, uh, shift into first gear without rolling backwards. And there's this thing called, I don't know, gravity in play. So you have to do this before you roll into the car behind you. And it's it takes a lot of nerve and confidence and a lot of what? Practice. But eventually, it just becomes muscle memory and it takes over. And so that's what Brenda's doing. She's recording things to get used to the whole process. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. And so I talked about how I got asked to speak at something that is really making me wet my pants. And it does tie into this discussion of how do you find your voice? And I'm going to explain what it is and how I got over it right after this. All right. So to kind of, again, do the teaching thing. First of all, why am I doing this podcast? Who is it for? What are my values? What do I stand for? Where's the line that I'm not going to cross? What are those things I'm not going to talk about? I need to get confident. And the more I practice, the more confident I'm going to get. I know that it's going to be uncomfortable. It just is. Any kind of learning typically is because you're out of what? Your comfort zone. And I'm going to have to practice understanding and being okay that not everyone is going to like me. There's a guitar player named Steve Vai, unbelievably talented. I'm not a fan. His music is just not for me. So realize that if someone doesn't like your show, it doesn't mean you're bad. It means that you're not their cup of tea. And what you need to ask yourself again is, who are these people? Who are these voices in your head that keep you from speaking? And maybe we need to go back 
and double check the facts because a lot of times they might be wrong and we're basing our fear on something that's not true. So what is going on in the world of Dave? Now, as I record this, it is Sunday, August 6, 2023. And this morning I could have slept in to like, I don't know, probably 8.30. And instead, I woke up at 7. And my brain was like a hard drive. You ever remember when hard drives were not solid state and you hear the whole zzzz, right? And, I'm, and the whole time I'm like, no, 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 go back to sleep. Nope, nope. And there was nothing I could do because I had done something that just triggered me like nobody's business. And here's what it is. Later this month, I'm going to a high school reunion because I'm old, kind of, older. How about that? And because of my podcast, yeah, because of my podcast, I have been asked uh, to speak at my high school reunion. I do a podcast. It's something, it's, it's one of my weirdest podcasts. I don't do it on a regular basis. It is my therapy in many ways. It's called Building a Better Dave. And the last reunion we had... I talked about how weird it was. And so when they contacted me and said, hey, we heard your podcast. Would you like to speak at the reunion? Well, if you ask me to speak, I'm going to say yes. You will hear later all the different places I'm speaking at. I love to speak in public. My background is in teaching. I love to help people think and and grow and learn. And so I said, sure. And at seven o'clock this morning, it dawned on me, the voices in my head said, uh, Dave, you do know you're not going to be talking about podcasting. These are people who saw me as the short, pudgy kid, the extremely shy kid, uh, the guy that sold gum in junior high trying to raise enough money to buy a guitar. I mean, I wasn't one of the cool kids. I mean, sure, I played in a band, but, you know, I didn't do drugs, so I couldn't be a burnout. I wasn't smart enough to be a nerd. Uh, I was way too slow and short to be an athlete. You know, I took a class in high school that enabled me to get out of the second half of the day because I needed a job because, again, I'm trying to raise money to get that guitar. But I, in doing that, I had to drop all the extracurricular, you know, those social activities like choir. And so I really felt like the Charlie in the box from uh, – Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right? I was camping out on the island of misfit toys. I didn't fit in anywhere, or so I thought. So it's 7 o'clock. My brain's not shutting down, and I'm like, all right. And I'm I'm literally, to explain this, it's, it's hard, but just my whole upper body was just tense. The more I thought about it, I just, just my whole body was tensing up. And I'm just thinking about how bad this is going to go. How, I mean, these are, uh, how am I going to, I'm going to stand up on stage and I'm going to look at all these faces and go, I don't belong here. What, why am I, who do you know? I'm the short pudgy kid. And so I started to write my talk and I came up with a theme because what I have to do here is figure out, okay, let, let's just figure out what am I, what am I going to talk about? And so the theme is that over the years, right, we went from elementary to junior high. That was scary. Junior high to senior high. 
we all got married and, you know, we've gone through different phases of our life and we've all pushed through and we live to tell this, this talk is going to be after they always read the list of people who are dead, which is a, a great way to kick off an evening, but it's something like, is there a good time to do that? And so I'm going to follow that and I'm going to try to make it a little lighter so we're all not depressed as we're eating our, you know, fine dinner. And uh, so I'm going to talk about how we're all busy, but, you know, in the end, when the the class of Ellet High School gets together, we kind of pick up right where we left off. And so what I did was instead of focusing on the people in front of me, now granted, I said, who am I talking to? And I, I was like, okay, people in their 50s, this is where they're at. Where, where are we in that phase of life? Let's talk about that phase of life. And I started writing about the topic on what I had to say about it. Like, what did I have to say? And I also realized that I think they saw me as the short pudgy kid. And the truth is what? I saw myself as the short pudgy kid. I'm pretty sure if I ask anybody, they're not going to go, oh, I remember you. You were the short pudgy kid. Absolutely not. And here, I thought I wasn't cool, but I've had people tell me that they thought it was cool in high school at a talent show. I played the Ellet High School alma mater a la Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock at a talent show, complete with a knee slide through the orchestra pit. And yet, I've convinced myself I wasn't one of the cool kids. So, whoever these people are that are stopping your voice, you might want to double check your data because I'm pretty sure if I asked anybody, they're not going to go, oh, you were the short, shy, pudgy kid. I'm pretty sure that's all in my head and not theirs because the person that is stopping you from getting your voice out there in your story and your thoughts is not your potential audience, but more that little voice in your head and you can control your mind. You can. And so I had to go back and check my facts and I thought about it and I said, wait a minute, did I apply to speak at this thing? Nope. They approached me. Why? Because they listened to an episode of my podcast where I was talking about the last reunion and said, hey, can you kind of do that live at this reunion? So wait a minute. That means they liked what they heard and they want me to speak. If I sucked, they wouldn't have asked me to speak. Hey, we heard that. That was awful. Can you come out and just, you know, drop a big one right on the stage in front of everyone? No, they liked what they heard and they asked me to do it. So one of the things you can do to help find your voice is let's look at the facts, the actual facts, not what you think, because that's the thing that is stopping you. But let's go back and look at actual things. So in Brenda's case, she's like, you know what? I'm all worried about impressing people I've never met. And my students love my class. So I must be good. You know, when I do this, I always say it's kind of a joke, but it's not a joke. Look, we all hate our voice when we first hear it. And it's it's science. When we talk we listen through our ears and our skull. And if you don't believe me, talk and put your fingers on your forehead and you will feel your fingers are vibrating. And those vibrations add bass to our voice. And so when we 
take off the headphones and listen back to our voice through speakers, the only thing we're using is our ears. The skull is not involved, and consequently, there's no bass in our voice, and we all go, eh, but it's not bad. It's just different. So I always ask, has anyone ever just hung up on you when you're on the phone? You're having a nice conversation. They just go, I can't take it. And they hang up. No, that never happens because your voice isn't like nails on a chalkboard. And the more unique, there's that word again, not weird, unique your voice is, the better. And here's my thought on this. We were talking about this on Ask the Podcast Coach this week. Let me name some singers for you here. And again, this applies to podcasting. Hang with me. Bob Dylan. We all make fun of Bob Dylan because he talked like this. Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, right? Don't come around here anymore. You know? Oh, she's like, yeah. Anyway, Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, right? Everybody makes fun of Stevie because she sounds like this. Right? Stevie Nicks. Um, There are all sorts of people. Uh, Neil Diamond kind of has a, a unique voice. Always, everything was ah, yeah, the chair, yeah, ah, yeah. Uh, Axl Rose ah, yeah, sounded like Al Jolson for those of you that have ever studied old, old, old people. Uh, but think about these people, especially let's go with Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks, Rod Stewart. Let's go, with Rod Stewart. There's another guy. When you hear Rod Stewart, you go, "Oh man, that's Rod Stewart," and. My point is, when you have a unique, not weird, voice, people recognize you instantly. Instantly. And that's a good thing. Because you're going to deliver value. Because I'm going to show you how to figure out what your audience really wants. We're going to figure out why you're doing this. And then your voice is going to stand out. And you should... Just be you. I can't say that enough. Just be you. And the reason that is hard is what happens if I am myself and nobody likes me? And I'm just here to tell you, there are what, 8 billion people on the planet? People will listen. Some people are not going to like you, and you got to be okay with that. And instead, focus on the people who do and ask them what else they want to hear. How do you find your voice? By being yourself, knowing why you're doing this, knowing who it's for, and practice. The more you do it, the quicker you will find your voice, the quicker you will feel confident, and the more you can start putting your content out there and changing your world one download at a time. I'm going to mention it now, even though it doesn't exist yet, because, hey, podcasting's time-shifted, and as I record this right now, Brenda's show is going to be called the Connection Therapy Podcast, and I don't have a link for it now because it doesn't exist, but if you're listening to this later, say, I don't know, maybe uh, September October, uh, do a search for that, and I will definitely come back and update the show notes for this episode to point to her website, because it's going to be amazing. So... How do you find your voice or realize it's right there? It's been with you your entire life. Your voice is there. It's just got a lot of clutter in front of it. So when we talked about choosing what you're not going to talk about and really defining who you are and your why and your who and things like that, that is what gets that clutter 
out of the way. And also, the other big one is that confidence. Who's going to listen to me? We've talked about imposter syndrome before. When you clear that out of the way, and that's really kind of what Brenda did today when she realized that, hey, my students say it's a good class. When I said, hey, you know what? They actually chose me to come speak at my high school reunion. That's that imposter syndrome getting out of the way. And when we get all of the mind junk out of our way, what do we find? We find our voice that's there ready to help, ready to serve, ready to get the message out there that you are ready to spread. That's how you find your voice. And of course, there's some practice involved in getting more comfortable behind the microphone by learning how to tell a story and learning how to do a confident call to action and all the other things that we teach at the School of Podcasting. I would love to see you on the inside and see what we can do together. Remember, that comes with unlimited one-on-one consulting as well as all the courses and a really awesome podcasting community with awesome people like Brenda. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, and I hope to see you on the inside. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Being myself. And this was hugely revealing. Ah, crap. I want to get the word out. I want to be seen as an expert. I want to keep my brand in front of people. I'll have a link to everything out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 901. Except it's not 901. It's something else. And meanwhile, I'm frantically trying to pull up my website. It's 891. Well done, Dave. Great show prep. Right.